Good morning, planet Earth. Good morning, planet Earth. It's Tuesday, May the 25th, 2021, in the time of the great heaving. It's right around 9.30 a.m. Mountain Standard Time here in Utah. Yes, yes, indeed, brothers and sisters, I'm back in Utah. And if you're listening to this on shortwave radio, you're probably listening to 5950 kilohertz. That's 5950 kilohertz um, out of Miami Okeechobee, WRMI. If you want to know what's going on in the swamps of Florida... You should tune in to WRMI. They'll tell you about the monsters of the abyss. They'll tell you about the Burmese python coming for your chihuahua. They'll tell you about the rats that live in the sewers. They'll tell you about the lights that are now powered by human flesh. It's Florida, man. We live in Florida. It's Florida. It's Florida. Florida. Yes, if you're listening on shortwave radio, the notes for this podcast broadcast can be found at dfgtc.org slash show notes. That's Delta Foxtrot Golf Tango Charlie.org slash show notes. And if you pick the right date for the right broadcast, you'll find the right notes. I'm going to leave that journey up to you, brothers and sisters. Here's a quote from Dr. Freckles. It's not the headlights that stun the deer. It's not the headlights that stun the deer. It's not the headlights that stun the deer. It's the car. Now, you might say, Dan, that's a weird quote from Dr. Freckles. What does that mean? It's not the headlights that stun the deer. It's the car. It's because, well, how can I put this? One of the goals of this crooked system on the Death Star is to confuse you. It is to confuse you and to overwhelm you with bad information. Periodically, they tell you a little bit of truth just to keep the bad information not so gross, not so disgusting. A little bit of sugar to make the poison go down. But the reality is, the thing that people are looking at right now, the thing that's freaking them out, I don't know if it's the reset... I don't know if it's the monkey herpes slash COVID slash black fungus coming out of India. I don't know if it's the race war or the fact that Ellen Page is now Elliot Page and Elliot Page is counting his pubes. I don't know, fellas. I don't know. But it is not the headlights that stun the deer. It is the radical shift in perspective that that deer is not prepared for. You think it's the headlights and that makes it easy. Well, we'll just don't, we won't have any flashing lights. 
We won't have any bright lights and everything will be okay. That's not the problem. The problem is you're wandering around worried about a make-believe virus. The problem is you're listening to make-believe Twitter troll nurses and Facebook nurses who are telling you crap that is crap. The problem is Fauci first said you don't have to wear a mask, then he said wear one, then he said wear two. Now he's saying if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear any, maybe. Are you seeing the car or are you seeing the headlights? That's the question I'm asking because I think a lot of folks are just seeing the headlights. That's why you get hit by the car because you are confused. The deer is confused. It's not the headlights that's freaking out the deer, and it's not the problem. The problem is the deer can't see the car. The car heading at the deer at 50 miles an hour. I don't know what's going on. You don't know what's going on. Not for sure. We think we know, but we don't really know. We're being lied to a lot. The reset's another example. You know, the global, one world global government. We've had that since 1945. How do you think they got away with this? Use a little bit of logic. How do you think they got away with this ridiculous escapade? They've had one world government my entire life and probably since my dad was born, but certainly since 1945. That show is over. So what comes after that show? When the one world government game, the actual reset, has played itself out, what do you think comes next? Do you think it's reset part two with cooler video games? Is, is that the, the thought process that you're meditating on right now? That maybe you'll get a better version of one world government? What do you think comes next, dear? The headlights or the car? Next topic. So I was in Vegas for a while. Um, you may know this from previous podcasts from a few weeks ago. You haven't heard from me in a while in part because I've been in a weird place. I started a new project. I have been on this project for, wow, I think this is week number four. And I have to say for four weeks into a project, I think it's going fine. I don't want to talk too much about it. I don't want to give away the ending. The good news is, is that if I don't screw this up, I will probably be able to do something with this in a month or two. The bad news is I've got about a month or two to do a lot of programming and a lot of engineering, and I'm not 35 or 30 any longer, and I wonder if I've got it in me. So I was in Vegas. I was doing information gathering. I met with my new boss. Um, I've got a good idea of what he wants, and, and I think that means I have a good idea of how to succeed here. But my friends, my brothers, my sisters out there, in the last few days, I've had this terrible sinking feeling that it, in a few, I have had this terrible sinking feeling that this just doesn't matter. And, and the harder I try to make it matter, the harder it is for it to matter. Now, I'm not giving up. I'm not going to give up on the project. I'm getting paid. And right now, getting paid is the moral imperative that will force me to, to do the stuff I need to do to succeed. But I've had the terrible sinking feeling that at some point in the next few weeks, I'll be writing code. I'll be performing some ETL task. That's extract, transform, and load for you database noobs. Yes, at some point in the next few weeks, I'll be working on a web service handle. I'll be connecting through jQuery to populate some sort of kendo control. And then it'll happen, whatever it is. Some type of French bulldog that rises out of Salt Lake.
What if a hairless French bulldog rose from Salt Lake and riding on this French bulldog was Brigham Young? Out of Salt Lake comes the hairless French bulldog, gigantic in size, perhaps 700 tons of French bulldog. And on the back of this Frenchie is Brigham Young. And he's bringing forth the great tablets and the great handles and the great mallets and bats and chain. And he's handing out chain and mallet and rebar to all the faithful of Salt Lake. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen, but I can picture myself writing code. I can picture myself writing C-sharp code and hearing the news. Breaking news. Breaking news. From the salt lake come forth the great Frenchie. Breaking news. From the salt lake come forth the beast. The beast with seven eyes and seventeen brains and seventeen fingers. The beast that smells of gumbus and trumbus. The beast that eats its own flaming vomit and then vomits it back up through its poop hole. A Frenchie, a giant 600-ton Frenchie. And on that Frenchie's back, amongst the muck and the slime and the glimbial and the saltiness of the Great Salt Lake, yeah, maybe it'll be Brigham Young, but maybe it'll be something else. Next topic... So I'm no longer in Vegas, I'm back in Utah, and I'm just going to let you guys know that, and we'll move on to the next topic. Next topic, this article comes from the ReviewJournal.com, and once again, if you're listening on shortwave, 5950 kilohertz, out of WRMI Miami, Okeechobee, from the swamp, beasts and snakes, and all kinds of monsters will arise, Okeechobee, habadabadoo. If you're listening on shortwave radio, the notes for this podcast broadcast can be found by going to dfgtc.org. slash show notes. Excuse me. That is Delta Foxtrot Golf Tango. org slash show notes. Pick the right date. Pick the right date. You'll get the right notes for the right show. Pick the right date. You don't know when it's coming. The giant Frenchie from inside the swamp. Yeah, so I got a link from a friend of mine in Vegas. A friend of mine in Vegas sent me a link to a news article that's in the notes. And the news article headline, Police colon, theft ring involving officer targeted Home Depot stores. Wow. Theft ring. And this article was written by Glenn Pewitt of the Las Vegas Review Journal. The date of the article is May the 24th, 2021. Huh. A retail theft ring that a Las Vegas police officer is accused of participating in targeted mostly Home Depot stores across the Las Vegas Valley, netting thousands of dollars in thefts from at least 28 stores since March. Arrest records show. Officer Samuelito Quijano, 34, was arrested on Saturday on charges of grand larceny, possession of stolen property, conspiracy to commit burglary, and taking part in an organized theft ring. Police did not release the specifics of Quijano's alleged involvement in the, in the theft ring, but police and jail records show five others were arrested in the same case. They are Christine Quijano, 30, Ranjit Quijano, 29, Edward Silvestri, 50, Alejandro de la Cruz, 40, and Enrico Ranquillo, 41. A 43-page arrest report for the six defendants shows the retail theft ring was busted on May the 2nd at 11.30 a.m. when Las Vegas police were called by Home Depot retail 
crime investigators who had been investigating multiple cases of theft. In several of the cases, individuals would fill a shopping cart with items and walk out of the store without paying. In a recent theft, security personnel detained Silvestre in an attempted burglary at Home Depot at 715 Arroyo Crossing Parkway near Rainbow Boulevard and Warm Springs Road. Crazy. And I quote, Silvestri also confessed that the crew was involved in the theft-for-profit incidents at numerous retailers across the valley to include scams such as but not limited to purchasing items with stolen credit cards and then returning the items for cash, purchase of one item, then theft of a duplicate item to be returned for cash and numerous other scams, police wrote in the arrest report. Based on the information provided, police served search warrants at two residences, two vehicles, and two storage units on Tuesday, leading to the recovery of property stolen or purchased fraudulently. Brothers and sisters. Police said Ranjit Quijano, Christine Quijano, and Ronquillo all confessed to their involvement, according to the report. Dela Cruz denied involvement in the theft ring, though he acknowledged he was depicted in surveillance video. It was unclear if Samuelito Quijano spoke to police investigators in the case or what his relation may be to Ranjit Quijano or Christine Quijano. Several sections of the arrest report were redacted by the police. Oh boy. I wonder why that happened, police. Is that the same reason Seattle police were cleaning up Chop Chaz last summer? I think so. Get rid of the bodies. Yeah, redacted by police. Wow. I'm so glad we have cops. Detectives listed 30 thefts in... You know what? I'm going to let you guys read about this on your own. The reason why I found this interesting is because we're often told about the hero cops and the hero firemen and the hero people who work in the hospitals. And what I'm going to tell you is that's bullshit. All right. I've worked in hospitals. I've been around enough cops to tell you that the nicest thing you could say is that the normal curve for scumbaggery is equivalent, which is to say the nicest thing you can say about cops, doctors, nurses, firefighters, EMTs, you name it, is that the relative frequency of sociopaths and abusers and jerks is the same as the population at large. They're no better, no worse. Now, that's actually putting it nicely. My friend Jim would say is that it's actually far worse, Dan. It's more like some of the worst people you would ever meet. Not all, not all. I know one or two people in law enforcement that aren't total pieces of shit. But you could argue, and my friend Jim would say this, and he makes a compelling argument, that... Just about everybody, if not almost all of the people that work for police departments are just dirtbags. They're just criminals who wanted to do it differently. Which means that if you had a criminal gang, like the Crips or the Bloods on one side, and you had a police department on the other, and you had an honest judge like, let's say, Jesus Christ standing between the two groups. Excuse me, this little burp there. If you had an honest judge like Jesus, standing between group A and group B, I don't think, I think that Jesus would probably look at both, both groups and say, you know what, I, I think you're both criminals, but at least the crooked guys over here aren't hypocrites, you know. And so he'd point at the actual crooks, not the cops, and say, you guys are slightly better. Not because you're not, you're crooks, you're terrible, murderous crooks, you're you're just monstrous people in your own way. You're bullies, but at least you don't pretend to be something else. Like a doctor that hands out poison to kill people, you don't pretend to be something else. 
You know, there's this word service. When I took the oath as an officer, I thought it meant something. I thought public service meant something. Do you know what I thought it meant? This is how freaking stupid I was when I was 26 years old. I thought it meant people in a public role being paid by the public good did the public service, not the other way around. Or another way of putting it, that politician, that cop, that firefighter, they are there to help you. They are there to service you. If you believe in good government crap, if you believe in that social contract nonsense, then according to those principles, those folks are there to serve you, not the other way around. And in a free society, their obligation, their ultimate obligation, if freedom is the ethos of that society, and brothers and sisters, I thought I was born into that. I was wrong. Still looking for the land of the free, home of the brave. If you have an address, send it to me, me at imsully.com. Yeah. These folks, these cops, these firefighters are there to serve you. That's what service means. But I was interacting with a friend of mine the other day on social media, and he pointed out that maybe service is just another euphemism. Like, service is just another euphemism for killing people. So yeah, the doctor serviced some people. The doctor and the nurse serviced some people with some kind of poison or placebo. The doctor or the nervous serviced some people with some scaremongering that forced people, basically didn't force them, convinced them that killing themselves was a good option. That's really good service, Mr. and Mrs. Doctor, public servant. That's how stupid I was. I actually believed when I was 26 years old that that word meant something. That's how stupid I was when I was 26. These are crooked people, brothers and sisters. You can choose not to interact with them. You can be smart. You know what I tend to do? I don't tend to, I tend to avoid antagonizing saltwater crocodiles. A, I don't know if there, I'll ever run into one at this point in my life. And B, if I was in Australia and I had an interaction, I wouldn't interact. I avoid them. Same thing with cops. Avoid them. Don't tell them what you're working on. Don't, if you have a friend that's a cop, feed them shit. That's what they do to you. That's what their system is built on, so feed them shit. But don't interact with a police officer as if they're anything other than a dumb monster. Because in their role, they're not there to help you or to serve, well, service is euphemism, yeah. They're there to take advantage and to exploit. They're there to enforce taxation. They are there to make sure that you obey tyranny. They are not public servants. They are crooks. This article about the dude running a Home Depot ring, are you kidding me? This is nothing. And this is not new. It's not radical. It's not that shocking. Next topic. This is a quote from Dr. Freckles. Peasants know they will die. Peasants know they will die. It's the emperors that need reminding. That's right, Dr. Freckles. Peasants know they will die. It's the emperors that need reminding. If you're listening on shortwave, that's WRMI 5950 kilohertz out of Miami Okeechobee. The notes for this broadcast can be found by going to dfgtc.org slash show notes. And if you want to send me an angry email, go to, well, just send it to me. That's me at imsully.com. Anyways, this quote from Dr. Freckles about mortality. Peasants know they will die. Peasants know they will die. 
It's the emperors that need reminding. What does Dr. Freckles mean by that? Um, peasants know they will die. I'm a peasant. If you're listening to me on shortwave, please don't be offended unless you're on a giant yacht that's 100 feet long, you know, with that tiki internal wood cabin cabinetry and your turbo diesel engine with your specialized captain, whatever. If you're like me, you're probably a peasant. You know you're going to die. You probably figured that crap out when you were 10, like I did. Maybe you were 12. Maybe you were nine. But at some point when you were a kid, if you lived in the real world, you found out, you figured out that one, one day, yeah, no matter what, this life, this wonderful life, and it is an amazingly beautiful life given to us by our Lord Jesus Christ, this life ends, friends. It ends. It was never going to last. We have that figured out. But there are a lot of emperors and mandarins, higher order you know, higher order servants of structure. There are governors and mayors, like Mayor Jenny Durkin. Does she know she's mortal? Does she know one day she will die? The other day on social media, somebody took this quote from the Romans, a mangled quote out of context. Remember, thou art mortal. Do you know who uttered those words, brothers and sisters? Do you understand the context? Why are you quoting this to a peasant? I know I will die. An emperor or a, yeah, basically a general, or later on the emperor, but a general returning from a great Roman campaign would have a slave standing behind him with a, with a laurel wreath over his head. This slave would utter into the general's ears, Remember thou art mortal. Remember one day you will die. You see, this guy brought this quote up, totally out of context and whatever. This happens all the time on social media. And it's as if we should all be impressed. Oh, yeah, yeah, remember you're mortal. Peasants don't need to hear that shit. Okay? Folks that have seen their mothers or their sisters ravaged by cancer, <laughs> breast cancer survivors, folks that have seen someone go through stage four cancer do not need to be told that one day you will die. Okay, you don't. After 2020, after the psychic damage done to the general awareness of humanity, the lies, the deception, basically driving people to the point of killing themselves, those folks that killed themselves did not need to be told that one day they will die. But I think to myself that people like Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos or who knows, you know, who's actually in charge of the Federal Reserve, but these people that think they run the world, whether it's Powell or Yellen, these are the people that need to be reminded that one day they will die, that they are mortal. That's the meaning of the quote, okay? Slaves in Rome did not be, need to be told that they will die. After Spartacus's little revolt, after seeing 60 or 70,000 slaves crucified up and down the Appian Way, do you think any of those slaves needed to be told that one day they will die? Do you? Do you think any of the ordinary people you know are unaware of that? 
even in their worst addled moments of staring at that little glowing rectangle, do you think that they're unaware that they will die? I'm pretty certain that ordinary people know they're going to die. They know they're mortal. That quote is not for them, brothers and sisters. That quote is for the sociopathic emperors, the emperors and the kings and the generals who believe they can do anything and be anything, destroy anything without consequence. That quote is to remind people who have too much power, and frankly, any amount of power over other people is too much. That quote is to remind them that they will die, that their bodies will turn to dust, that they one day might find themselves being chased by coyotes or torn asunder by dogs, that they will die. No matter how much gold they have or power they have, one day... Perhaps sooner than they realize, Jenny, they will die. Next topic. Next topic. So it used to be America, land of the free, home of the brave, right? But I figured out the new description of America. Get the vaccine and we stop torturing you. Get the vaccine, take the jab, and we stop torturing you. We want our freedom back, Dan. We want our freedom back, Dan. Oh, yeah, okay, take it back. But we can't have our freedom back until you get vaccinated, Dan. But that's not how freedom works. Well then, Dan, you must be racist. Get the vaccine and we stop torturing you. That is the raison de tetra. That is the foundational ethos of America right now. Get the vaccine and we'll stop torturing you. Why do I think something really terrible is coming, my brothers, my sisters? Because I think they're lying to an extent that is completely out of, con well, out of whack historically. But what's worse is people really want to be lied to right now. It's like a relationship right before the end. And maybe the guy and the girl or the girl and the girl and the guy and the guy, whatever your sexuality is, that's your business. But maybe one partner or the other really does want to end it but doesn't want to and they're on the fence. So everyone's looking for a reason to delude themselves as if this thing can be kept going. Like some bad marriage. It's over. But when I walk around, I see people coming up with excuses for their abusers left and right. Now the new excuse is, well, Dan, um, they got it wrong. It was the Chinese murder virus. No. The whole monkey herpes thing, the whole COVID thing is a lie. You need to understand something. Putting a coffee filter on your face protects you from nothing. It might protect you from breathing correctly. I think that's probably true. But other than obstructing your airway, putting a coffee filter on your face does nothing. It does not help you. It probably harms you. Why are you defending your abusers? Why are you giving your abusers new excuses? Okay, so your abuser now says, well, it came from Wuhan. It came from bullshit. It was never a thing. It had no weight, no mass. And if you tell me, well, Dan, my 85-year-old, your 85-year-old grandma or grandpa died. Remember, thou art mortal. You see, ordinary people get this. It's shocking, shocking, shocking to some elite group of weirdos in America that people die. People die all the time. People die of causes that are way more preventable 
than the magical monkey herpes, like suicide. One way to prevent suicide, don't scare the fuck out of people about something that doesn't exist. Step A. Don't lie to people. Don't confuse them. Don't delude them. Don't push them over the edge. Here's, a, here's an idea. Prevent suicide by not forcing people or directing people or scaring people to death. Wow. You just figured out how to save some lives, America. <laughs> you just figured out. But I'm racist. If you know where the land of the free is, and you can send me the address, and I mean the land of the free and the home of the brave, because those two things go together, bravery and liberty. You can send me that address to me at imsully.com. I would love to know where that is, Boblintock. That'd be great. That'd be great. Next topic. Fear is like water. It can take on any shape. That's a quote from Dr. Freckles. And what does that mean? Well, it's kind of related to the theme of today, I guess. Um, I don't know if there is something out there that is a real problem. I am convinced that what we're being fed is a lot of lies and non-issues, and we're being, a lot of us are, tr are being driven to a point of fear by things that just aren't real, okay? I don't believe the COVID pandemic is real. You do not need to have a lottery program like Ohio and hand out millions to people to take a vaccine during an actual pandemic. Actual pandemics have evidence Actual pandemics do not have dancing nurses. Actual pandemics have nursing shortages, huge nursing shortages. Actual pandemics do shut down hospitals. I visited Harborview Medical Center last year for the couple of weeks they had the National Guard tent set up. There was nothing. There was no pandemic. Actual pandemics don't require convincing. Fears like water, my friends. It will take on any shape. And think about that, because, yeah, they used the monkey herpes for most of the work of last year, and they're still using it. And yeah, they're using the race war crap, the BLM crap. It is crap. It's not real. But the reason why it works is because fear is powerful and dynamic, and it doesn't really think. Fear is like clay. Fear is like mud. Fear is a formless thing. Fear is like water. It will fill any vessel. You give people the monkey herpes, they'll be afraid of the monkey herpes. You give them the commies and the black clad freaks and the BS race war, and they'll be afraid of people who are different. You give them weird news about weird situations involving Ellens becoming Elliots becoming Ellens, they'll freak out about that. You tell them cartoonists are racist and they'll say, holy crap, whoever heard of such a thing? Even though pretty much throughout human history, everybody's known great cartoonists are racist. Really? Fear will take on any shape whatsoever. Fear can take the form of a ghost. Fear can take the form of ghosts that inhabit a burial ground just outside of town, on the west side of town, not far from where that guy was killed. Fear will take on whatever form you want it to if you're good at your job. And I, and I say good at your job, I'm talking about fear mongers. 
I'm talking about demons. I'm talking about the Pope. I'm talking about, well, I'm not going to say President Biden because I don't think anyone's actually at home in President Biden right now. If, if you were to investigate President Biden or who I also call the mayor of Washington, D.C., um, Afghan veteran should get that one. Um, if you were to investigate the mayor of Washington, D.C., I think you would find that inside his head is a big empty space connected to some type of a war room at Langley that looks a lot like the Apollo mission control. You've probably got 60 people acting as if they are Biden's brain. Yeah. But those 60 people are selling fear. Kamala Harris sells fear. Jerome Powell sells fear. Goldman Sachs sells fear. 24-7. The TV sells fear. There's fear on the radio. There's fear on YouTube. As much as you want. You can be afraid of anything if you want to. Did you know there's a Chinese murder hornet coming to get you? Did you know that there are armies of sclumbulet freaks coming out from Sector 2? They're heading right your direction. They're going to kill you. That's right. Fear is like water. It will take on any shape. Next topic. Life is like juggling dynamite. We got a lot of Dr. Freckles quotes today, brothers and sisters out there. And if you're on shortwave, you can look at these quotes in the textual form by going to dfgtc.org slash show notes and there pick the right date and you'll get the right quotes. Next quote from Dr. Freckles, life is like juggling dynamite. Life is like juggling dynamite, sweaty dynamite. What does that mean? Well, here's what I think it means. Life is beautiful, and life is amazing, and it is a gift from God. And even in the bad times, we have good reasons to stick around. Um, sometimes, maybe even in the difficult times, we find ourselves. That's, I'm sure that's a movie, I'm sure that's a... a a line from a movie or a lyric from a song, a country song, but even in the tough times, we find ourselves. We do. But life itself is crazy. And I can't think of anything crazier than juggling dynamite. You know, my dad, my dad had eight kids after he was 35 years old. My father had eight kids after he was 35. Talk about juggling dynamite. Eight kids after 35. That's like eight sticks of dynamite. And I was at least two or three sweaty sticks by myself. And yet... Eight kids, seven of whom are still alive. My sister Nancy in heaven, she had two kids herself. I think the current count, probably the final count, is 13 nieces and nephews. So yeah, life is like juggling dynamite. It's dangerous and it's crazy. You'll fall in love and you'll fall out of love. You'll try to help people and sometimes you'll fail. You'll take risks, and sometimes they'll pay off, and sometimes someone will chuck a hand grenade at you, and you'll pull out your baseball bat, and you'll hit that grenade right back at them, because life is like juggling dynamite. Get ready. Here's some dynamite.
So we are going through some wonderful quotes from Dr. Freckles today, but here's the next one. Behaviorism, behaviorism colon, applied logic and torture, Dr. Freckles. And what does that mean? And before I go into behaviorism, and there's a nice little poster so you can get the right idea, and if you want to click on that poster or print it out somehow, you can, if you wish, you know, anyways. But anyways, um, yeah. Behaviorism colon, applied logic and torture. When I was in college, I took psychology. We covered behaviorism of B.F. Skinner. The fact that his last name was Skinner was no accident. I mean, you think about it, a guy that tortures pigeons and rats, a guy that puts people in boxes and shocks their testicles. His last name should be Skinner. It's certainly not Christ, is it? And what do I mean by applied logic and torture? Well, I think that B.F. Skinner came up with a methodology for forcing most people to do certain things. If you want to force a bunch of people to do relatively simple things, behaviorism helps you to do that. Behaviorism gives you a general guide on how to torture people and push buttons and stab their psyche with pain. And yeah, you know, some people will simply keel over and die. And guess what? B.F. Skinner didn't care if you're the rat or the pigeon who just simply didn't want to play. You were just put in the dump. He was interested in the ones that would play, that would play the game. Push the lever, get the food pellet. Push the lever, get the food pellet. Push the lever, get shocked. Maybe you get the food pellet. Behaviorism was his science, but it is the science of logic and torture. Logic, because creatures are going to play this game or die, and they will play it until they can no longer play it. So there is a logic involved. The fact that the rats and the pigeons figure shit out doesn't mean Skinner's that smart. It, it kind of means that these creatures are smarter than we realize, although Skinner was too dense to see that. No, the, the animals figure, figure crap out. They do. Eventually, they come up with a way to survive. And that's why Skinner had to randomize. That's why even if you did everything right, rat boy, even if you did everything correct, pigeon girl, even if you pushed the right lever and pushed the right button and obeyed the right doorbell, you might still get shocked in your crotch. That's torture. It's funny, too, because B.F. Skinner is considered one of the great minds of psychology, 20th century psychology. But if you really deconstruct what he did, he figured out how to optimize torture. That's what he did. Hooray for B.F. Skinner. He figured out how to take torture and turn it into a science. Congratulations, psychology. Great improvement. Next topic. Woohoo, next topic. And this is an article coming from Zero Hedge. And the article is written by Steve Watson via Summit News. And the headline is, Government scientific advisors admit using, and I quote, totalitarian fear tactics to control people during the pandemic, so says report. Wow, I, who could have seen that coming? And I read on, brothers and sisters. Scientists in the UK working as advisors for the government have expressed regret for using what they now admit to be unethical and totalitarian methods of instilling fear in the population in order to control behavior during the pandemic, according to a report. 
The London Telegraph reports the comments made by members of the scientific pandemic influenza group. Why the fuck is influenza in that name? Who the fuck knows? And yeah, I know I just swore. Sorry, sorry, FCC. Influenza Group on Behavior, a subcommittee of the Scientific Advisory Group for Emergencies, SAGE. Wow, that's connected to witches. The government's chief scientific advisory group. The report quotes a briefing from March 2020, as the first lockdown was decreed, that stated the government should drastically increase the, quote, perceived level of personal threat that the virus poses because a substantial number of people still do not feel sufficiently, sufficiently personally threatened. One scientist with the SPI-B admits that in March 2020, the government was very worried about compliance, and they thought people wouldn't want to be locked down. There were discussions about fear being needed to encourage compliance, and decisions were made about how to ramp up the fear. The unnamed scientist adds that the way we have used fear is dystopian. The scientists further confess that the use of fear has definitely been ethically questionable. It's been like a weird experiment. Ultimately, it backfired because people became too scared. Another separate scientist on the subcommittee professed, you could call psychology mind control. Well, I think you can, buddy. That's what we do. Clearly, we try and go about it in a positive way, but it's been used nefariously in the past. Oh, really? Uh-huh. CBF Skinner. Another scientist warned that we have to be very careful about the, the authoritarianism that is creeping in adding people use the pandemic to grab power and drive through things that wouldn't happen otherwise. Oh, wow, Mr. Scientist. Thanks for telling us crap we knew 17 boblimtok billion years ago, dummy. According to the report, another researcher with the group acknowledged that without a vaccine, psychology is your main weapon. And adding that psychology has had a really good epidemic, actually. What? the hell did I just read? Yet another scientist on the subcommittee stated that they have been stunned by the weaponization of behavioral psychology over the past year and warned that psychologists didn't seem to notice when it stopped being altruistic and became manipulative. Really? Psychologists who are manipulative? Where did you find these freaks? Color me stunned. My friends, you can read the rest of this article for yourself. The entire thing is depressing, and, and yet, am I at all shocked? Am I shocked? Is your good friend Dan from Planet Boblim Dock in Sector 8, Sector 8 of the Hooker Zone, where sometimes we use bad words and we say the F-bomb, but we're not supposed to FCC, and we're really sorry for saying the F-bomb. If you want to come sue me, Go ahead, you can drop the hammer. No, if you go to dfgtc.org slash show notes, if you're listening on shortwave, you can... Read the rest of this uh, article from Zero Hedge on your own about the propaganda that was necessary and the torture that was necessary. I will state the obvious once again, although I think people are just this lost intellectually. You do not need propaganda to promote fear of a real pandemic or epidemic or plague. Throughout history, plagues generate their own fear. Actual plagues, actual epidemics, actual real diseases don't have dancing nurses. The nurses are dying like everyone else. And if they're doing everything, they're changing out of their smocks and their clothing probably seven or eight times a day because their clothing is covered in blood 
and viscera and phlegm and disease. They're not dancing. I'm so sorry you don't realize that, but a lot of you, you, you went to public school. So what do I expect? They gaslit you. Now they're telling you they gaslit you, and, and you guys are still sucking it up. Well, it's the Wuhan virus, Dan. It's the Chinese. No, that is also a lie. That is also deception. You are being deceived. They're telling you they are deceiving you, and a lot of folks out there are still being deceived because they can't believe it. That is why I sometimes get scared. Because that, that level of basic ignorance, the ignorance that's driven by a desire to not know the truth, is usually driven from the collective unconscious, from a place of general awareness that something actually bad is coming. Not make-believe bad, not fake bad, not dancing nurses bad, not Ellen is Elliot, Elliot is Ellen bad, not cartoonists are racist bad, or race war bad. All of that is crap. And all of that does a great job of hiding something else, doesn't it? So that's where I'm going to leave it. I've got, basically, I'm down to three things at this point, three possibilities, and we'll leave it right about there. The three possibilities, I think, at this point of what they're hiding is, A, the coming of the Antichrist. I don't know how that would be connected, but it's possible. B, collapse. But why would you use something like this to hide collapse? Collapse collapses itself. Collapse does all the work. Why would you do something like this? The only purpose of what they're doing is to accelerate collapse. So maybe that's what they're doing. Maybe they're trying to accelerate the collapse of everything, because I know they've had the world government since 45, friends. So they, they've already been there, done that for a while. So it's not that. So yeah, maybe it is collapse, but I don't know why they would use a, you know, use a smoke grenade to conceal your exit. You don't use an actual grenade. Unless, of course, you know, you're, you're at least, I'd say, 30 or 40 meters away. But you use a smoke grenade, not an actual grenade. They're using sticks of dynamite to, to cover the collapse. It doesn't make sense. The third possibility is some type of event. A natural event. They don't control the timeline. This explains the psyops, and it also explains the fact that they have to turn up the heat, then turn down the heat. they got to reveal something, then they need to push the fear all over again because they don't control the timeline. And at this point, I'm, I'm thinking some of them realize it's getting late in the day. Like, maybe they're either wrong about what's coming, A, or B, their timing was off. And it should be soon, but they don't know when. Those are the three possibilities. And I gotta say, I think it's one or three. I don't think it's two. I'm not saying collapse isn't going to occur. It's gonna occur. Collapse of this society is inevitable at this point. It's like the robbery the robbery's done. They stole all your money. You just don't know it yet. So to say, well, it's the robbery, Dan. Well, okay, yes, it's the robbery. Yes, end, as the improv kids would say. Yes, end. And what? You've been listening to the Planetary Status Report. Here on the Planetary Status Report, we want to inform you of the future and the past. We want to give you the technologies to control your reality. We want you to remember you are mortal, brothers. You are mortal, sisters. One day, a Gromulac will pick up a knife and stab you in the heart. contact me, you can email me, me at imsully.com. The notes for this podcast broadcast are at dfgtc.org slash show notes. You can learn more about the future by looking into the future. You can understand your past by not turning away. But brothers and sisters, remember, thou art mortal. Thou art mortal. 